0: A dream is a wish your heart may You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since Toys R Us was still booming, now guides on your nostalgic tour of Disney history, one magical film at a time. I'm JB
1: Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson, and on today's episode, we discover the complicated ways to go about killing someone, as we review Snow
0: White and the Seven Dwarves. So, please buckle your safety restraint and pull up on the yellow strap, because it's time to open the vault. Cue that Disney sound effect. So, Eddie... Talk us through the history. How did we get here? How did this become the first feature film that Disney ever made? We're going from shorts directly into Snow White. Do you want to give us a little history, some backstory, any cool anecdotes, wherever you want to go with this?
1: Yeah. So you've got to remember for the first um, what fifteen years of the company Walt Disney Animation Studios was known known as just kind of the shorts, little silly mm-hmm. things. Uh, yep. Especially after Mickey Mouse, you know, Snow White comes a full decade after the release of of Steamboat Willie. Uh, that that's a considerable amount of time. You know, ten years really establishes uh, your reputation in Hollywood. So they're known as yeah, this little shorts animation um, studio. They're also not very big and well-known. Like, we've kind to wipe out of our minds this idea of, like, the Walt Disney company we know today that yeah. is the largest entertainment company in the world. They weren't. They were this puny little animation studio um, with not a lot of money. When you watch Snow White, you will see that this is distributed by RKO Pictures. And many of the first pictures were they didn't have, you know, in many ways, you think of Pixar when Toy Story came out. You know, that might be a little bit fresher in our own memories. So when people heard Disney was going to do this, they thought he was nuts. There's no there's no way you can pull this off. He had to mortgage, his own house in order to afford this movie. Multiple
0: loans on this thing. Multiple multiple loans loans on this thing.
1: Yes. Multiple things. And um, yeah, everybody thought there's no way this is going to work. There's no way people are going to sit for an hour and a half for an animated film. Right. So he goes into this with really nobody on his side, you know, only his team, the animators are on his side. Uh, A few bankers, you know, who give these loans, um, not sure if that they thought this was going to be successful or they were kind of, you know, shorten them out a bit to see if they could gain money another way. But nonetheless, that's kind of the scene that you set when Snow White comes out. No one's ever done an animated feature film before. And... Nobody believes that it's going to be success. Nobody thinks uh, an audience will sit and watch a full movie.
0: One of my favorite anecdotes from that time, uh, one is when somebody asked him why this story, um, why choose Snow White of all the stories? And he said, well, it is well-known. It's a well-known story people are aware of. And I knew I could do something with seven screwy dwarfs. Like the dwarfs really kind of, Captures his attention, but going back to uh, the loan side of things, uh, right as they were kind of getting close to the end, they still needed another influx of money, so they went and reached out, and the guy who was going to write write the check, who's going to authorize it for the bank, he was like, "Let me see the film," and so he comes in, he sees a pre-release version of it, he watches all of it silently. No, no. Nothing on his face, doesn't say a word, just watches it cleanly. And then the moment it's done, he just walks up to him and says, that thing is going to make you a hat full of money and just walks out the door. Like what a great, what a great story of just, even in the moment, didn't believe it. And then once he saw it, he's like, oh no, this is going to make a ton of money. Yes. Take your money, make this thing, finish it up, do all the work. Uh, It's in, it's so interesting to go back. This, it was a, um, four year journey for them to get our five five or four or five year journey to get it done. It was three years of pre-production, of hiring animators, of testing all kinds of different tricks and things, bringing in live animals to try drawing to get get that all honed in right. Um, they didn't start they started from 1933 through 1936, just doing all of that, expanding studio space. And didn't even start getting to actual principal animation until thirty six and thirty seven when they finally released it. So you talk about a long period of time, long time, of just like sharpening the axe before finally chopping down the tree. Crazy amount of time, and it shows just the
1: um, forethought, the the vision, the dream. Dare you say? You know, I know those are all like very Disney terminology or whatever, but I think they's, they've come with the the legend that is now Walt Disney, uh, in part for a reason, right? Like he saw something a couple of times in his career that nobody else could see and that everybody else doubted him. You know, he had most people against him thinking that this wouldn't work and it was a huge success. And he was able to make those steps necessary to make those things happen. And... Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is just, you know, literally the film that built
0: the Walt Disney animation studios. It's nuts. It's nuts to, I, I I hadn't sat and really watched this movie intently, probably since I was a kid. Like even when my wife would turn it on for my daughter, mostly for my daughter, my son did not want to watch this, uh, but he might've come back around maybe later in the film. Uh, it's it, I hadn't just sit, sat and watched and there's scenes and sequences that I just had forgotten completely about from this film, but it is there. It is such an impactful film of how it transitioned the company to the place where it became. Um, and they had to create new inventions to even make this thing work to make it feel cinematic at times. Even just that opening push through the woods to the castle mm-hmm. That was really done because of a brand new invention with the multi-plane camera system, where it's not just here's a piece of paper and everything's drawn to it, but it's like layers and layers of glass and um, artwork and design uh, to create this thing where you can kind of see it, where like branches might be might be going at one speed in front of you, but the actor the actor or the character in the back is moving at a different speed and pushes and zooms and like literally moving from uh the pan from like uh her window in the castle up to the stepmother's window uh it's very they, they again they they really put some cinematic thought into this and some things that were only possible because of that multiplane camera invention
1: yeah, isn't that a crazy thing? I uh, we often think of anime, or at least I do. I don't know, um, as animation as everything that I see on the screen existed on one piece of
0: paper, one page. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: and and I think what. It- disney created here for snow white which is of course you know it became the standard is no that that couldn't be further from the truth what you're looking at on the screen is many times multiple layers of of art in some sections being transparent so that you get that depth and i wonder if that's what disney saw that nobody else saw and so when everybody else said there's no way you can hold people's attention for an hour and a half, there's mm-hmm. no way, you know, feature length film in Disney's mind. He's thinking, yeah, this isn't going to be, a you know, a simple cartoon drawing. This is yep. going to be cinematic. This is going to have I mean, you're, you're right from that opening sequence that just kind of sweeps through. Um, yeah, it catches you. You're going this isn't this isn't a short film cartoon you know this is
0: an animated film this is a movie that we're about to watch here and he he kind of had an inkling that it was possible that just in general people wanted more because uh there's reports that he was in europe traveling vacationing Mm. and he was watching people go to a theater to just watch five or six mickey shorts one after another after another after another so just like the appetite for it was there but you're right watching this it's a massive jump from the shorts in the storytelling in there's actually is a story like a thorough story all the way through that i kind of complained about last week um from some of the shorts but like a but visually also it's not just tricks and t- it's like a visual moving narrative uh, visually on, on the canvas, like move move, of movement and concepts and stuff like that. um, That really does like what you expect from a film and not just shorts.
1: I felt even as I was watching this, I don't know if you felt the same. um, Just the, the, the literal animation felt different. Um even thinking back to like the band concert and some of the silly symphony shorts that were color, you know, so a little bit different than Steamboat Willie, of course, we'd grown, but this even felt like just from the animation the the artistic style the art direction uh felt different. You know, the colors kind of had a cohesive uh palette to it, uh and it, it even those the the the, the production design rose to another level that you hadn't seen on an earlier, or at least I hadn't seen on an a earlier Disney short that kind of elevated this even more. So some
0: of the research that I found, they, uh, they really took a lot of time with the dwarfs. Uh, there was a whole laundry list of potential dwarf names that they kind of played around with and threw around but you, when you look at them, you can definitely tell these are very thought through characters. Uh, and when you kind of look at even Snow White, even the the Queen, and especially like Huntsman and the Prince, they're not like other than uh, Snow White's like iconic uh, like the 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 hair and stuff. It they are very simple people, like simple designs. And those dwarfs really stand out as like. Even now, if you see grumpy on anything, you know you know that immediately. And even the 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 when the when the queen becomes the old hat, the old woman or hag. I don't know what the right word is for for hag, that yeah. character that hag that she becomes. <laughs> like that is iconic, and like you see that, and you you're taken back immediately. But I, I the and they, it seems like even just some of the research that they really did have to rush the the hum the more generalized human characters out as fast as possible they they used a lot of real actors to pose out what they wanted it to do and in some cases even drew around <laughs> the character the 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 footage that they had of them but man mm-hmm. those dwarfs really have very specific stylings and all of them are so unique and different um, that you can tell that that's really where they spent a lot of their time on it.
1: Well, and it's obvious, you know, they changed the name of the fairy tale. You know, the fairy tale is Snow White, but the film we get is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I think they they, that you're right. They took a very intentional step of let's highlight these very unique characters just as much as. Uh, The fairy tales titular character. Now we've got all eight of them kind of serving as this. This is their film. This is really about them. And I got to say, like, that's what I was drawn into the most. Like the sequences I enjoyed the most were the ones in the dwarfs cottage. Uh, Them trying to like wash up before dinner time is hilarious. It's so funny to me. It feels like a a Mickey short. The the physical gags. Yeah, yeah. The physical gags hold up, don't they? Like, it's my mm-hmm. my kids, I was watching this with them, and they are literally laughing out loud at some of the different physical comedy bits that happen
0: in that moment, um, which just, yeah, speaks volumes to it. That's where my son came, came back. He was kind of being forced to sit on the couch and have family time, and he was hiding his eyes at times because he didn't want to watch it. But the moment those doors came on and they started doing all of their funny things and running into walls and the washing scene for sure. That's when he was like leaned in, I'm in, I'm engaged now. He was out completely. And then now the, no. those guys are here. And overall for me, the movie picks up a lot once they are a part of the picture, kind of up until they're washing the dishes with the animals, like singing and even like, it all is very kind of, it It, it didn't have much life to, to, to me at least. But the mm-hmm. dwarves, like, I just forgot how much, how well, just flat out interesting they are just to look at. Like I have Grumpy here on my screen right next to me and he's just such an interesting person. Dopey. I can't tell if I'm unsettled by his look or if it's just <laughs> endearing and looks like a, it's like a man baby and it's kind of awkward, but it works. It doesn't work. I don't know what, I can't take my eyes away from it. We've
1: all kind of seen those people. We've all kind of met the man baby people, you know, and you're just like, yeah, dopey. That makes sense. That works.
0: Eddie, if you had to, if you had to come up with a dwarf, what, what what would you do? Like if you're going to come up with your own dwarf to add the eighth dwarf, who would, let let me throw that out to you what kind of what kind oh, that's of that's a be. Maybe, great question i hadn't thought about
1: that one at all now see that's a hard question because that's one like i really want to think through
0: i really want to you know percolate on and there's come up almost with a good one. there's almost a level of like pixar's inside out like there because it's yeah. it's a lot about emotions and moods like disgust and stuff like that could be could be one of them in here um I'm trying to think all I can think about right now is just a teenage girl on her phone and just disinterested in everything that is happening right now. There's just there's there's something about that, that um, because all of these are like different kinds of emotions and bashful and happy and sad.
1: I don't know. That's a really hard one, because I think the seven that they chose are
0: so well encompassing. Oh, here's a question. Are all of the dwarfs, because it's seven dwarfs, uh-huh. are they also a playoff of the seven deadly sins? Right. So you some got, of them line up. They do line Sleepy, up. Sleepy so could be
1: sloth. I just love so I'm I'm here on the Wikipedia article, and this is how they articulate the seven dwarves. Doc, a pompous yet good hearted leader of the seven dwarfs, who tends to bumble and mix up letters and sounds when he speaks. Grumpy, a stubborn and easily irritated naysayer who initially dislikes Snow White, but grows to care about her as the film progresses. Sleepy, the most relaxed and drowsiest of the dwarves. Happy, the most cheerful and optimistic of the dwarves. Bashful, the most sentimental and shyest of the dwarves. Sneezy, a dwarf who suffers from hay fever. Dopey, the clumsiest and most (laughs) childlike of the dwarves, who doesn't speak and instead communicates through sounds and pantomime. Yeah, I kind of just, I don't want to add to that. I just think they did a great job of giving such distinct characters. I also like that you have two or three kind of out in the lead a little bit because we can't. Not all seven of them can just be crazy memorable. So, of course, you know, Doc, Grumpy, Dopey, we kind of push them out to the front a little bit more to be a little bit more memorable. Um, but un- unless something crazy strikes me, I, I, I don't think I would add anything. I would say seven, and the seven they chose is is spot on. It's perfect.
0: Feels like they need one that's just constantly eating a sandwich or snacking on gl- something the gl- at, the all, at all The gluttonous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that maybe that's just because the seven deadly sins are now stuck in my head. Uh, there is an element <laughs> that when they, uh, I don't know if this that the seven dwarfs influenced Tolkien at all when he did the Hobbit and the dwar- his own version of the dwarfs. Like, did they play off of each other? Did I don't remember which one would have come first. Uh, it would have, yeah, this this would have preceded the uh, Tolkien because he well, the, he fa- was in the, World the War. fairy tale
1: would have preceded Tolkien. Um by quite a lot. I mean by a good
0: good century. Yep. Speaking of which, have you ever gone and read the Brothers Grimm fairy tale of Snow Snow White? Not of Snow White in particular. I've
1: I've read a couple of them, um, but not of Snow White. I mean, Grimm's fairy tales, there's a reason why Grimm is kind of used (laughs) as the term that it is, right? You read those fairy tales and again, I go, what did Walt Disney see that nobody else saw to read these things and go, well, by golly, that would make a great kids movie.
0: (laughs) It's yeah, you're you're 100 percent true. It's not a long fairy tale. So I actually went online and found it and and read through it. And some of the pieces that were a little interesting to me that that were it divulged a little bit um uh one of which is so the queen says hey go get get the heart go bring her back my the heart of her well when he actually brings the pig heart uh that he killed instead uh she eats it that's not it that's not in this version but she literally eats the heart because she's like i've now eaten my enemies <laughs> enemy's heart okay, okay. <laughs> which is which is just very gruesome Uh, uh, another, another thing in here is the, uh, the mirror when it said, when she says, who is the fairest of them all? It's like snow, snow white is fairest a thousand times fairer. Like he doesn't like (laughs) mint words Like, Oh, it was a close second. He's like a thousand times. Like, it's like, you are, you are dirt compared to the, this woman. I'm just like, wow, that's, a thousand times more fair. Okay, that's uh that's that's intense. Um there's no names for any of the dwarfs in the original. So I thought that was interesting, and maybe that's why uh Disney was able to take his own creative license and do whatever he wanted to. Oh, you're not gonna give him names? I'll give him names. I have ideas for this. Another thing, she tried to actually kill her, not once, not twice. Three attempts, three attempted like murders here. Uh, yes. first time she tries to strangle her with lace like lace on on the frills of a shirt. She like ties it around her and basically chokes her to death. That was, that was really intense. But then the moment they cut the lace, then she can breathe again. Um Second one. This is the most random one. She uses a poisoned comb, like to brush her hair. She's like, Oh, your hair is so beautiful. And she combs it. And it just, it, 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 it then is stuck in her hair. And she, she's like dead. The moment they take the comb out, she's 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 good again. It's like, okay, this isn't working. And then the apple is the third and final time. And you would have thought, hey, maybe don't talk to strangers, but it's got the yeah. very Samson and Delilah issue of like, she's tried to like g- g- swindle you three times. Come on, man, learn something. So in that third one, she it she buys, she get takes the apple, and the apple it's a trick because she's like, I'm not going to trust this lady because she's always trying to come after her, or this per- People are trying to come after me all the time. And so the lady, she takes the apple and she's like, see, it's fine. She bites the apple, but it's got poison in half the apple and not the apple that sh- not the side she's eating. So she eats it. Mmm, Isn't it really good? And then flips the apple and gives her the other half. The little, the, the poison piece is stuck in her throat. She's this dead. So interesting. But then, the Prince comes, and it's not true love's kiss that does it. There is no kiss in the in the real story. It's literally they're moving the body that's like like in the casket and they they almost like fall a little bit and it dislodges the the apple from her mouth and it falls out and then then she's awake. It's so interesting, like the small choices that they made, but my favorite is how. The, the queen dies. My favorite, I had to read it three times because it does, didn't make sense and it's for a reason. So she thinks she's dead the whole time, gone out. Then the prince finds her on dislodges. She's now back alive and they get yeah. married. She gets invited to the, the wedding and the, and, the, and the mirror, she's like, who's the, who's the first of all? She's like, the, 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 the prince's new bride. She's like, what are you talking about? And it's it's a different prince of a different castle or whatever. It's not like internal family issues. Just wanted to set that yeah. out loud. Yes. So she appears. She's like, I got to know who this new person is that's fairer than I am. She shows up, sees that a her, and the prince to punish her, punish the queen, puts red hot iron shoes on her, and she has to dance until she falls dead. It's incredible. It's the weirdest thing and it's so much better than the way that they wrote it with the like the cliff and stuff like that and then the boulder falling on her but i was just like this is this is insane these stories are so insane it's so random like it doesn't i know right
1: like who sits and go and thinks of each of these different beats <laughs> it's, so, it's wow. so good yeah like uh i think to. Th- yeah, it's fair to say Disney improved on the overall story <laughs> a little bit, and made it
0: a little bit better. I don't know the the heart the heart one. I think I think that would have been pretty fantastic to see her chowing down yeah, on what she thought was a so, uh, young girl's t- her young daughter in law's heart. That was ugh.
1: chowing down Crazy. on a a pig's heart in Disney's first movie. Yeah, that first full length movie. Yeah, Probably not gonna be, fly. Not gonna not gonna go over super well. Um, this, I would say, uh, you know, they they, this has still got some interesting choices within it. I think the ending in particular, I have a few questions. Um, you know, I think from Disney's standpoint, it doesn't really line up for me. If you remember in the film, the queen is excited because, you know, the apple is just going to like, it's not going to kill her. It's going to like put her to sleep. And she says, but the dwarves will think she's asleep and then bury her alive. Like that's, that's how she will kill her is having the dwarves bury her alive. And so it's like, ha ha, the dwarves don't bury her. They choose to put her in casker. this glass casket. But my question is the glass casket is sealed I mean, she would eventually run out of breathable oxygen (laughs) and die just the same. And I know there's the scene where they like they remove the glass top, but she's in there for a while. There's like season changes that happen in that montage (laughs) that you're like, okay. so I'm wondering, I'm like, well, did she really die? You know, like what happened? You know, why didn't she die and all of that? Then the prince comes uh, true love's first kiss and then, as they're walking off to their "quote unquote" happily ever after, it's like this gold city in the clouds, to which that Sarah and weird. I both said in unison, "Are they going to heaven?"
0: <laughs> it's, it a looks weird, like, it's a weird. It's a weird place they're going to. It. It looks well, like a cloud city.
1: So my question is, maybe. Maybe she, Snow White did die, and the ending we get is not the real ending. It is what happens in her mind as she goes off to the celestial
0: city. Maybe he died of a broken heart because he never could see her again. So they're meeting together in the it's afterlife, like lost. It's like lost. They find each other in the. They're end, reuniting in, in the afterlife. <laughs> i love i love that take i'm i'm jealous of of that storyline because i also i had to really think hard i guess this is a weird sunset that they're flying off into like they're riding off into or something
1: yeah <laughs> it wasn't very really,
0: picturesque
1: i think she's really dead they're going off to oh, heaven and he just met her in the afterlife as they went um because they don't yeah I don't know it it yeah I don't know it it is an an interesting little little moment. I do like how the how the witch dies and then uh to tell us that hey no, she really did die. We're not gonna show her show her dead body, but we're gonna show the vultures circling over her just to kind of signal to you yes indeed she she is dead she's gone
0: well, even the way that uh Snow White initially dies. It's all off camera, and you're just watching the Mm -hmm. the the old old hag like be like super excited that she's watching her die, and then it's just the apple falling out of her hand. That's so those two deaths that they kind of did off screen, or at least the moment that they died off screen. I don't know, maybe that was a choice because they were thinking about kids doing. I don't know.
1: And maybe, but, you know, I also think it's a really strong choice. I think it makes it feel, you know, heavier. Uh, there's a certain degree where if you show everything, it, it it isn't as impactful. And so kind of for me to allow the Im- imagination to fill in some some blocks there uh, helps a little bit.
0: But, so, Eddie, what was your, what's your favorite song? from this, from this movie. I like cornering you on the music stuff.
1: I love the dwarf polka. I don't know what you would call Ooh, that or what the title yeah. of the song is, but the dwarfs dancing to the polka and all the different antics that ensue with that. Um, that is probably for me, my favorite, favorite too, yeah. and then my second would be the high ho, um, you oh, know, the yeah. dwarf song as they're going off to work. um, Yeah, that though, you know, all the music from this is, is rather iconic. There's a, it's just kind of, um, seeped into every aspect of, of pop culture, right? Like my, my, uh, my, my true love will come. Someday my prince will come. I'm getting that one. Someday my prince will come. So thank you for correcting me there. Um, even in the wishing well, that song, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few just very, uh iconic
0: songs in this so i did not grow up hoping to someday be a (laughs) disney princess myself so shocker for everybody nor did i i so i'm laying that down first because someday my prince will come i had completely forgotten about that song the rest of these inside of here i had heard over and over again in other areas hi ho the yodeling the yodeling actually sounded a lot like the teacup ride um, at Disneyland. I don't know if they also have it at Disney World. That it cued initially for me, like being back hmm. at Disneyland. And I think it just speaks back to the most icon, like the most iconic for me moments of this film, uh, which are the dwarfs. And I think they have the best songs, the best music, the best moments, the most fun. Uh yeah. for sure. That's when my that's when my son came out of his show. Is like, oh, this is hilarious. It's like that whole washing scene is basically a giant Mickey short in, in of itself. And then the yodeling sound. Again, is the same thing. Um, I just want to call out that I appreciate what they did for Grumpy's narrative arc in this in this story, <laughs> taking him from this. I, maybe it's just the part of me that has the skeptic that always wants to then come out, come out myself. I don't know. Maybe this is therapy for me or something. But I love that just where they took Grumpy to where it felt natural. It didn't feel like oh, suddenly he's this great guy. It's like he was suspicious the entire time. But then he's grown to love her to the point where then now when he actually is right, he's like, I'm going to charge into battle to go help save her. Um, so I appreciated seeing at least one character go through a a kind of a nice little arc through there. He's probably the only character that has much of a change versus anybody else in here. Um, but I enjoy I enjoyed that piece of it. JB, tell
1: us exactly how how do you see yourself in Grumpy? Share with the,
0: just the listeners. Share share with the group. I don't know if we have enough time to un- unpack the grumpy <laughs> the grumpy parts of hey, me. But
1: one song we missed that it cannot be missed is "Whistle While You Work." Oh yeah, we did not mention that one by name. That is uh, that is also uh, a must. And and, and you're it has right. It has to be brought
0: it up. We'll we'll give her that. We'll give we'll give uh, Snow White that one. She does. She she didn't get yeah. her own song though. It was really iconic. She did
1: it. Yeah,
0: I would be my favorite of of hers uh, at least, but so speaking of Snow White, uh it was interesting to watch this because it really does remind you especially this being the first film and all there are so many other future films that have a tie-in or a character tie-in to Snow White. If you just go through The Disney princess trope, like she hits on almost every single one. The talking to animals, singing, Mm -hmm. singing to animals back and forth, Um, a song about a wish, like that whole idea of wishing upon something, um, throwing herself on the ground when she's in trouble Which my daughter has done from the moment she was born. (laughs) Um, So true. uh, uh, The moment where she they've fallen asleep. uh, True love's kiss. uh, That sugary, sweet honey-like voice. A cottage in the woods. Having a wicked stepmother. She's a maid servant, or or slave, or like forced to do all the cleaning and cooking. Kind of a mother figure to somebody. Telling the kids a bedtime story as they fall asleep, um, the whole they lived happily ever after. The only thing they don't have in the movie, which they actually have in the store in the, in the Brothers Grimm story, but they don't actually have it in here, is there is no fairy tale wedding. Like you, it's implied, and you hear yeah. a little bit of, of wedding bells in that last, and they lived happily ever after. But they don't get the wedding. You That's know why the they didn't include thing the that they wedding? Don't have that.
1: Do you know why they didn't include the wedding? <laughs> Well, tell me, Eddie, because they went to heaven because they're
0: they're dead. <laughs> I, love, I love this is my favorite take you've had in a little bit, and you've had some great ones, but this is my new favorite, my new new favorite hidden storyline. You, you I, are. I was, I was, you're
1: so right, though. Disney. And and this is, I think, why Disney like retired the idea of Disney princesses for a long time is they they were definitely in a in a bit of a rut when it came to the princesses. And that's why you don't see one until, you know, Little Mermaid. When Little Mermaid came on the scene, it had been what, almost two decades since there had been a, a Disney princess or more. Um, so it kind of. Yeah, you. you you're, you're spot on. This established some of those tropes. They used them. And I'll be honest, thinking through some of them, I'm not complaining about it. Like it worked. And they, you know, they made it kind of slightly unique for each one, switch the animals up a little bit or whatnot. Um, and it was still, you know, just as good and entertaining for me. It worked for me. And, and I think this speaks to the impact of this movie. Like you can't... Um, Yeah, in my research, I was amazed to discover that this adjusted for inflation, uh, which is, you know, a big thing, but adjusted for inflation is uh, top 10, the 10 highest grossing film of all time. Wow. And still, again, adjusted for inflation, the highest grossing animated film of all time. Wow. Because prior to the 90s, you know, you didn't have home video. So there were such high demand for Disney to keep bringing this back out, bringing this back out. Mm-hmm. And in part, you know, we're going to see here through the course of us uh, reviewing these movies that there's these huge gaps that we didn't have when we went from 88 to 2005. Here, there's these huge gaps. And in part is because, well, it took them a long time. They didn't have as many people but they were also re-releasing a lot of their well-known classic movies because there was a high demand to be able to go see those again and the only way to be able to see those again was a re-release in the theater and so snow white and the seven dwarfs just kept coming back out i mean it was their cash cow we need some more money let's put snow white back in the theaters and let's print some more it'd be so
0: interesting to see be back in those in that time where they would just continue to bring back movies to theaters Kinda of wish they would do that more often of like, hey, remember that movie I you liked last year? Let's let's watch Marvel Endgame again. Like I they could easily make some more money off, off of this. I don't I mean, I guess I know why they don't, because they still want you to buy it from the only place you can get it. They want your, they want more money, but
1: Yeah, but how how often do you and I both, when they re-release something in the theaters, jump out and go see it? Like, we've already made plans to go see one of the Disney 100 films in theaters. Um, or you, and you already did. I uh, did. Yeah, I took my I daughter to the, go
0: see Frozen.
1: Yeah. Like, that is, uh, that is an old idea that you're right needs to come back, especially with rising ticket prices. Why not bring back some of these classic films at a reduced rate? Um, the, the local theater there in Brownsburg, they would do that. And I remember, uh, they brought Jurassic Park back and Sarah and I went and saw Jurassic Park on the big screen for like five bucks on a Tuesday. And it was so much fun. It was the first time I got to see Jurassic Park on the big screen because I was too little to go see it when it first originally came out. Uh, and it was Sarah's first time ever seeing Jurassic Park
0: when we had went and saw that. Um oh, yeah man. so like that, seriously that was the first time she saw it was on a theater. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine like that being the yeah. first experience. Oh, I'm so jealous. So I'm like I
1: would I would love to see some of these films come back out. I I mean they just announced that they have restored Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to a full 4K resolution and that here at the end of this month they're going to be releasing it on like blu-ray and dvd in the full 4k still no word if they're going to update the version that exists on disney plus to also be 4k um, and I've seen a couple of kind of the side by side, like frame by frame sides, and it's pretty noticeable. Like it is powerful. The, the colors are much more vibrant and interesting. Um, and I mean this, this, uh, several episodes ago when we were talking about the Disney 100 and how they were releasing new films, uh, into theaters, all of them were within the past 30 years. You know, so we're we're missing 70% of the company's history in the re-releases that they are putting out to celebrate the you know the 100 years. Hey, you just restored Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. This is the movie that that made you the Walt Disney Company. Come on, put it back in theaters. Make put this movie out there. I would go see this again in theaters. For sure.
0: I agree. I agree. I think but I think it does there's probably something technological of why they haven't done that to to this point. Like maybe there's something about the movies they've made over the past 20 years it's like oh these are a lot more simpler to up-res to 4K cuz you can't really bring it back sure. if you don't have the 4K version with all the art standards of of just like what we're coming to expect. Like you show me like a DVD like a uh just HD version like I'm probably be like is this all you got? Okay. like I'm starting to see some imperfections yeah. and stuff. like I'm, yeah, that will be interesting to see a side by side of this. I'll have to go I'll have to go look that up. Any other notes you want to make about the storyline or anything or any other call outs from this film before we talk about actually rating this film?
1: um, i I just not I, well, I have a, a a funny anecdote that happened actually just this afternoon that you're going to find hilarious. So last night. We watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, me and the kids. And then today we decided to decorate for fall. We love fall. We jump at the earliest chance. To we may put have up, you know, some fall, decorations leaf, out too. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. So I'm like, what else do we need? We need some apples. Like we need to go buy some apples. I'm going to make a little caramel dip. We're going to eat some apples. So we go this afternoon, pick out some apples. I cut up, I put them on a plate. And Eileen looks at me, no lie, and she goes, Daddy, can I eat this apple? And I said, yeah, buggy, of course you can. And she goes, but Daddy, I'm a princess, and people try and poison princesses with apples.
0: That is the most precious thing I have ever heard, and it's not even family story time with JB or Eddie. That is amazing. Isn't that the best?
1: Isn't that the best? I'm like, how did your little three-year-old brain put all that together? We watched it sense. last night, but yes, she puts it all together. But daddy, I'm a princess and people try and poison princesses with apples.
0: That is so a hundred percent spot on. True as well. That's all the time happening to all princesses. We they all know it. Yes. Oh, oh that is so. That is, that is adorable.
1: It is. I'm, I'm i'm quite fond of it that that'll be one that i write down and and
0: tell at her wedding for sure (laughs) yeah you need to save that anecdote so rating how do we even rate
1: this who goes first you you went first last time so i'll go first yeah is that fair that we that we 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 go back Mm -hmm. and forth we um I, I did struggle with this one just a little bit because I don't want to get kind of carried away with, you know, last time with Steamboat Willie, I made some pretty strong, superfluous. The greatest statements. animation,
0: the most impactful animation
1: ever. This is this is true. And I, I will stand by that. The most impactful uh animation ever. This, I mean, this is this is cornerstone, right? Uh, you go to the the Disney lot today. And the 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 main corporate building is literally the facade is the seven dwarves holding up the building.
0: Yeah, it's pretty uh, awesome. Which,
1: which is a pretty appropriate symbol for the the significance of this film on the overall um, Disney company and, you know, launches again a whole new uh what subset of films with animation animated feature films? Uh, so I'm gonna go all the way here. I'm gonna say that this is uh this is essential that this is one that that should be watched, brought back out. I think it holds well. I don't think that there's too many things in this that I kind of cringe at or kind of go, ooh, that's really dated or whatnot. I think overall,
0: uh it holds up and it's it's essential. I was definitely struggling the first 20 minutes of this film to stay engaged, just wasn't feeling it. And the moment those dwarfs come onto screen, you're in and you're in through the rest of the film, um, that with all the cultural impact that it made with the iconic songs and scenes and, and you're right. It does still hold up today of just an enjoyable story. Um, and just characters. I think characters probably even more than anything. Uh I think for that I would definitely agree with you. That is is a number five. It is a an essential uh Disney film. It's not it's not just like a, oh, this is one of the nice ones of like what we think about. Like this is uh this is a cornerstone piece. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that.
1: And I and I know I've said it before, uh, and I'm a broken record on the live action remakes here. Um, but this one in particular just be, is one where I'm just like, no, just, just let it be. Cancel like, it. <laughs> n- all of the other things that are going around about the, uh, about the, the remake that are on the internet right now. I, I'm not even talking about all that. I'm just talking about, to me, this, the, yeah, this is essential. Don't, don't touch it. Like no one's trying to make uh, a live action remake of Steamboat Willie, you know, like we all know, like, no, that just needs to stay, stay there where yeah. it is. Well, how horrible would that be if they if they try to do that? And, and I feel the same with this, where it's just like, it's Snow White, y'all like, come on, you're, you're going too far with this live action film. Come on, Bob, make the right call. Just cancel it. Batgirl the thing and write it off.
0: Did you remember that they made two remakes in 2012 of this one with Kristen Stewart and one with Lily Collins? I forgot that it was the same year, mirror mirror and snow white and and snow white and the Huntsman. and the huntsman also having Chris, Chris Hemsworth was in that Charlie Theron as well. And and didn't that one have a sequel? Didn't snow white and the huntsman end up having a sequel? There is. I swear that there was, and I don't know if there was. I'd have to actually go like, I guess huh. we can kind of look right now. Um, but yeah, same year, same. Uh, I think there actually might've been. Yes. Winter's war. There was a, there was a Winter's sequel. War. This is nuts. Yeah. 2016. I can't believe they made two of these with Kristen Stewart. It's, it's just baffling to me that we, well, she was, money. she was the three. it girl
1: then because of oh, yeah, uh, the Twilight, the Twilight series uh, Charlize Theron was amazing as the Wicked Witch. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, that was the the highlight of those films. You had Julia Roberts as the Wicked Witch for Mirror Mirror,
0: if I remember correctly. And that one was a little more cheeky. The yes. Mirror Mirror was a little yeah. bit more kind of cheeky. But yeah, we didn't need two a of great them, word. especially two. It, it that's what it is. It's all, it's it a is. Little, it's it's a little cheeky.
1: It's a great way to describe it. Yeah, that is interesting that we got three of those films and yet here we go again trying to to crank out another one. It's like, come on, y'all, like, let's just let's just let this one lie. So, well, there you have it, folks, from both JB and I both. This Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is essential. And now that we've filled you up on nostalgia, it's time
0: for a bit of Disney news, JB. Very much a bit because there hasn't really been much news. And for Disney, no news can sometimes be good news. But before we
1: let you go, I just want to say, JB, I, I hope that you and your family, you guys have a wonderful week.
0: It is good. I don't know that uh, my daughter's going to have to worry about too many poisoned apples because that was a precious story that you told. (laughs) Um, Mostly right now, I'm just hoping that my kids stop having phantom kid pains. My son has been saying my back hurts and has been holding his back at soccer practice. And then that's just a giant red flag like you're way too young to be having anything. And... We're just trying to figure it out right now. Is it growing pains? And then all of a sudden today, after having ice his back, he like threw it off. He's like, I'm I'm good again. I'm great. I'm healed." like basically saying he was healed because of the ice pack. So we don't know what's going on with them. But I'm uh, hoping right. this weekend will will this extended weekend. We will not have to worry about any more phantom get pains.
1: If they can, if they persist, I have a dad hack for you. Ooh, what is it? Aloe vera. Okay. Stay with me. Aloe vera. When <laughs> we're
0: going down the rabbit
1: hole. <laughs> when when you put yeah, I don't know if the last time you've put aloe vera on your skin, but when you first pull it on, it has like this cooling, like tingling effect. Yeah. And so for kids, it deals with the, the the mental whatever. And they're like, oh wow, this is working on me. And it's aloe vera, right? So you're just like Rub it on. Oh, there we go. That'll help. And they just feel the cooling tinglingness. And then they're like, wow, thank you, Daddy. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anymore. That. And it's aloe vera. So like you can put it on what up uh, whatever part of their body they complain about hurting. You're just like, okay, well, daddy's got some lotion for that. Let me put it on there. And you just rub it on and they're like, oh, wow. Thank you, Daddy. And they move on.
0: This is a genius hack. I'm going to try that. That's what we're going to be doing this weekend is finding aloe vera and, it's like, and using that.
1: A, it's a buck 50 at Target or whatever for a bottle of aloe vera. So you can just like go to. Te- it's better than band-aids. You know, band-aids are expensive to put them on everything. So yeah, aloe vera lotion. Cure,
0: cure, cure kids with aloe vera. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> and with that, you've gotten some great dad hacks and your weekly dose of Disney
0: nostalgia. Be sure to subscribe to Honey We Made, a Disney podcast, wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And also give us a look on YouTube as well. And while you're there,
1: please like or leave us a five-star review. And be sure to share it with your
0: best friend. You can also check us out at HoneyWeMade.com where you can see all of our nostalgic reviews of all of these classic Disney movies. And tune in
1: next week as we review Pinocchio. Thank you for
0: listening, and remember, (sighs) women.